Welcome to the Social Media Law Podcast. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer. I'm on a crusade to help social media creators just like you understand the law, and I want to protect your artistic freedom. Today, I'm going to be joined by Anna Rains of Simplified Impact, and we're going to talk about three hacks for getting customers to your small business now, not later, but now. By the way, if anytime you want to contact me during the podcast, you can reach me at podcast at iancorzine.com. That's podcast at iancorzine.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at iancorzine. Are you ready? It's live from Los Angeles. It's your social media lawyer, Ian Corzine. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Anna Rains. She's from Simplified Impact. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for making some time for us today. I'm really, really excited because, you know, I have a lot of connections to small business in my area of Los Angeles, and I really want to give some of these hacks to my clients and my friends so that they can expand their businesses during this difficult time. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I can't wait. All right. Well, let's get right to it. What we usually start the podcast with is a story that you have of helping someone. It could be, you know, one of your clients helping them with their business problems, or maybe a personal story, whatever it's up to you. Sure. So actually, I just did um, a Facebook live group um, to fuel your financial future. It was a free five day course on, you know, just helping small businesses. We had about 140 attendees and I know that a lot of people do things like that, but I'm honestly focused on a more of a B2B market and some local, but um, it was just amazing to sit. I did consultations with about 10 of the people privately, you know, again, all non-paid. Yes. Really to support all of the businesses that have been so greatly affected by, you know, the situation that we are in now, you know, July 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. It was so fun. It was so fun just to sit and strategize and, you know, just like really help people like switch that light bulb and go, oh my, I never thought of it that way. I never, yes, that's <laughs> such a good idea. And I was like, ah. It was, uh, it was honestly like the most fun I've had in a really long time. Oh, that's awesome because you're giving and you're helping people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know where to turn during this time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm really happy you did, you did that. You know, you mentioned a, a term that we hear a lot out there, B2B, and that is what you focus on in your career, uh, business to business. Is that what that stands for? Yes, business to business. But I do, um, some of my businesses, even though it's a business to business, we do a lot of local business. Um, So I'm excited to share with you some of the hacks. Oh, awesome. Now, just a quick question. So I know, is B2C business to consumer? Is that that the? Yes. Okay. All right. So B2B business to business, B2C business to consumer. Awesome. Well, um, let's talk about kind of how you got started in this quest to help businesses uh, really expand their horizons, get more customers, get more, more vendors, get more businesses that do business with them. Yeah. So it started, so I, my background is actually in fashion design. Huh. Um, I was a fashion designer for a long time. And in the fashion world, I started a business called Smart is Cool um, when I was in my early 20s. And it was a t-shirt line and it really had a lot um, of young followers. So 
in those days, it was 2003 about, um, I used to do a lot of motivational speaking with young girls and these young girls were all starting to get on Facebook. You know, they were no longer on MySpace, which I was on. So I started to look at Facebook. I started to look at Twitter was around that time. Yeah. And um, social media became a really big thing. So we put together, I had a business partner at the time, a website. We were based in Brooklyn. We had a full factory. And I kept thinking, I kept feeling like I was being charged so much money for all of the social and website and information technology. And I was like, I can do, I like, I can figure this out. I can mm-hmm. do it. And that's honest, honestly where my quest started. I um, eventually, after 2008, um, four or five years into the business, with the crash, um, you know that we had in the 2000 in 2008, I moved to Rhode Island with my husband, and oh. I was like, "Hey, you know that Facebook stuff I was doing? I bet I could do this for other people." So I approached um, a hotel and restaurant chain here. And I told him, I was like, Hey, I can do your Facebook and I could help you get, um, you know, visibility. So I, they're like, okay, put a pitch together. I did. They, I started working with them and I actually landed their head chef on Rocco Despirito's, um, reality TV show. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Which is so crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I did it through Harrow, which is so crazy, even crazier, but oh. uh, help a reporter out. I don't know if uh, the small business. Yeah, no, I've heard of that. <laughs> yes. That's a great way to, uh, to make connections with people, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's gotten a lot harder, but back in the day it was, it wasn't as hard. Um, yeah. I've actually spoken on a panel uh, with Peter Shankman. Um, anyways, from there I was like, wow, I'm actually really good at this because I, I really increased their visibility. So I applied at a couple jobs. Um, I was hired at CVS here in Rhode Island at, wow. an, at an agency in um, Boston. I took the agency job and said no to CVS. Um, And from there, that agency was acquired by an agency in New York, which turned out to be the largest um, and first agency to ever do Google ads way before even Google. Yeah, I was called Did It. um, So yeah, so from there, I grew a whole, I started as like a social media girl, whatever, and grew a whole (laughs) department and left there in 2017 with the department that I had built as a VP of content marketing. So turns out I was really good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's awesome. my journey. That's amazing. So you went from this, you know, lowest levels to the highest levels representing and going into TV and all sorts of different avenues. That's yeah. 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 I've always been a go get I'm not one to like see no's, you know? So I'm yeah. like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, make things happen, I guess. I don't, I mean, obviously I have so much support and I have to be so grateful. I mean, all the different places I've had people support me. That's why I love doing these podcasts because Mm -hmm. there's so much give back. And that's why I love doing that event um, a week ago because there have been a lot of people. But what I'm saying is sometimes we do set obstacles for ourselves or we're like, oh, I can't do that. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And you know, the people that are going to help me, they're just going to show up in my life. And they do. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm here. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, listen, what I, you know, you mentioned Facebook ads way back when, and we'll get into the hacks in a moment for, you know, getting customers to your small business now. But I want to talk about your perspective on the way Facebook ads has changed since I think you were saying 2008, 2010 or whatever to the present time. Are they still effective? Are they better? Are they worse? 
they are effective, but you have to be really good. And I think that Facebook makes it very easy to think you're good, you know, to think that you can just jump on there and have results. Um, It takes a lot of strategic thinking. It takes a lot of understanding analytics, not only on Facebook, right? You have to be able to pull the numbers into other analytical um, tools, such as like a supermetrics, Google Analytics, well formatted, not Google Analytics out of the box, Um, you know, Google Tag Manager. There's just so much that I feel that a lot of small businesses get really burnt. And the other thing is that they're not looking at, I'll give you another acronym, at their ROAS, Return on Ad Spend, um, which doesn't come up as a default, when you're looking at your Facebook numbers, right? You have to customize your view and really look at, okay, well, what's my return on ad spend? And I have to, like a lot of times, I I love helping small businesses. So a lot of them come to me and I will sit and be like, okay, do this, this, and that. Many of them don't even know what a ROAS is. Um, So so it's a really tricky, fine line, right? It's like, it seems easy, but is it really? I think that you really hit upon it, which I'd never thought about. Um, you know, it is not for the faint of heart. Uh, they make it, you know, Facebook, and I think it's, it's, I hate to be so conspiratorial, but I think it's a ploy, you know, boosting a post is so easy, you know, yeah. so long as your credit card is in there and you forget about it, you literally can kick a button and it boosts a post and you may get some likes, you may get, you know, a follow here or two. Uh, but, but really that's not the essence of being an effective Facebook ads person. A lot of us, including myself with my business, we have just surrendered to, you know, professionals like yourself to be able to, to, you know, manage our ads and be able to tell us about all these different components because there's, you know, I've gone through the whole thing when you start it, when you create an ad and there are so many different obstacles or so many different things to consider to make it effective and not lose all your money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it is, really a ton. Um, there are some influencers in the Facebook ads market that I follow. And I have to tell you, they probably come out with new content by like twice a week, like very new content. They're like, Hey, this just happened. And this just happened that I, you know, I obviously, you know, we have a team that handles that, but we also need to take in from other experts in our field. And for a small business, that is a lot of overwhelming information to keep track of. So, and I'm not trying to discourage small businesses from doing using Facebook. We use it. Yeah. Um, I think you can do it effectively. I just think, you know, proceed with caution is more of a. Now, have you uh, experimented with ads on other platforms? Uh, pre- pre- predominantly, I'm, I was thinking about uh, LinkedIn. A lot of people now or a lot of my creator clients are talking about LinkedIn ads are actually cheaper. There's a larger organic reach. Have you exper- experimented with LinkedIn ads or another platform ads? You know, I haven't had too much success with LinkedIn ads in the past. Um, they haven't been that great. Yeah. Um, I feel like the LinkedIn platform itself, it just lends its it's good. It's okay. But I don't know. I swear to God, I, you know, it's so hard to get organic reach, let alone paid reach. Uh, I've tried a little bit here and there. I have two businesses and I've advertised my other business uh, with it. Um, and it's, it's hard to get people to see it. It's, you know, it, it, what I've kind of come down to is if you want to be present on the platform, you got to post a lot because it's, it just, you, you know, people don't see a lot of what you post. Yeah. It, it, 
I think it gets down to usability. People don't use it as much, right? It's made mm. for business owners who are typically very busy mm. um, and aren't hanging out from a more social level. Mm. And it just, it has such a spammy, like, you know, you go in and like you have a million emails from people you'll never talk to mm. and it, yeah. or whatever, you know, it's notifications. I don't know. Like yeah. I, I do love LinkedIn. I think it's a phenomenal tool. I work with LinkedIn, obviously in the B2B field, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's definitely, I would say like 10% of what we do to be effective in the market yeah. rather than where you would think, oh yeah, that's like 30 to 40%, but it's, they just haven't figured it out. Yeah. yeah, they haven't. You know, there was a lot of talk about it being the new Facebook because of the organic reach. Um, but I'm not seeing that. I'm actually seeing them not really tend to their platform very often. You can't live stream unless you're approved. Um, I was going through, I was doing a, a video on LinkedIn, you know, legal rules. And I remember looking at their copyright policy, which was dated 2015. So they, they definitely have a way to go to, to actually compete with the big boys. Are there any other platforms we should be looking out for, for doing ads on? I mean, obviously Instagram is part of Facebook. Anything else you can think of? Um, you know, it just, it just depends what field you're in. Okay. We have seen um, for more of local or fashion type um I mean, Pinterest just doing really well. Okay. I think that's something that shouldn't be ignored if you're like in the food, restaurant, you know, things like that. I think yeah, yeah. Um, that performs well. I'm, I wouldn't spend money, but from an organic reach, um, for sure. Okay. And then Google ads. I mean, from a social perspective, there aren't a lot that we use um, much for ad spend other okay. than like Google, you know, your Facebook, Instagram, um, we'll promote some content sometimes through Outbrain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we've talked a lot about Facebook ads, so let's move on now to what we were going to talk about for the show, and that is the three hacks that small businesses can use to get customers into their door and make them some money right now. Do you have those hacks for us, Anna? Absolutely. Okay, so here are a couple um, and they are Facebook related because, well, one of them is Facebook related. The first one, it's um, exactly what you said, going live. So what? when we were on lockdown, one of my clients who has a 55 plus community, um, they were obviously forced to shut down. So we had to think of like, okay, well, what do we do? Once we were allowed to, you know, sort of leave and it was safe to leave your home, but you know, it could only be one person at a time. We started to do Facebook lives from the locations and really doing a tour of um, the homes from Facebook live. We would send out an invite through email, through Facebook. We would post ads to promote that we were having this event. It was at a certain time. It was usually during, you know, like it was pretty nice how we knew we checked the weather, make sure the weather was going to be great. And this was when everybody was still sort of home. Like they weren't really um, able to leave. Um, and we started to do Facebook lives. And I have to tell you, we sold three $500,000 properties wow. through Facebook live. Yeah. Ooh, it was exactly. phenomenal. Wow. Um, we've continued to do it and people are really, I mean, they tune in and when they come in, they're just bought in. They're already know they've already seen it. They, it's just a much more qualified, um, client, um, customer for our client. Um, and then the second thing, um, same client, different hack would be, um, 
your meeting links, you know, people have like Calendly or HubSpot meetings or what have you. So we put our meeting links, we put an advisory at the top of the page saying, you know, due to COVID, we really want to have like one-on-one um, appointments because we have to be cleaning in between, et cetera, et cetera. All this. this is our meeting link. That meeting link in the last two months has, I mean, explo- we went from not having it, right? So we had zero okay. to, I mean, I would say like 700% bookings and our closing ratio has gone up, I would say like 60% because people who actually take the time to book on that meeting link are better converters because they're they're very interested, right? They're not just walking by. They're not coming in. They don't want to like something to do on a Saturday. Mm. It's like, okay, this is what I want. So I would say that's my second hack is your meeting link is not just to book meetings within your email for, you know, someone that you have to talk to or whatever. Use, leverage that meeting link for everything, right? So if you have, oh, sorry. No, I just wanted, I I want to ask about this particular uh, hack. So keep going what you were saying. Yeah. So just put it on your site, you know, put it on your, um, like everywhere, put it on your pop-up banners, like let people know they can book a meeting. So, um, you have a restaurant where people have to maybe for, um, they need, it's only pickup or only or delivery, right? Let's put that link everywhere. So that's a different link. It's a different meeting link. So you're not meeting with the people, but put it everywhere. Put it in your email signature, put it everywhere. You have a store that people want to shop at. Maybe have some private hours, some hours before or after hours that are really private because people are going to feel more safe and you let them know all the steps you're taking to make them safe while they're at your store. I have to tell you that would really, I haven't really been going to stores or just yeah, go to supermarket or yeah. shop online, yeah. but I, I miss it. And if I knew that this, that I can make a meet, an appointment and all these 10 things were listed of everything they did before I got there, I would shop all day long, right? I'd go in and spend a ton of money. And because I went with the intention to buy, you're yeah. not going to leave without buying, right? Now, so Anna, we- I want to ask you a question about this meeting <laughs> link so I can clarify. So what, what you're basically saying is, you know, when you get a, when you get a Zoom account or, or when you have a like calendar account, you actually have a link that people can click to schedule a time. Exactly, where they can schedule a time with you, you yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, so that would be presumed that you presume that as being a free thing. You, you're not, you're not selling time with you. Like, like I would do on a, on a consult. You're just setting up a time to meet with the, the purveyor of the business. Yeah. Okay. Because we're talking local. So hacks for local, I, I would say. So exactly. So if people, you know, real estate, okay. use the link, put it everywhere, have people set up an appointment. Um, they want to come to your store, put a link and let them know, this is what I'm doing to keep you safe before you come in after you come in. These are things, steps we're taking. So it's not really for a consult, which is different. That's what people have always been using it for, but get creative with that link um, for so many different things. And that's something that I don't think I like local that. businesses have been using in the past, right? I think real estate agents especially uh, really yeah. use that. You know, I want to take you back to your first hack and that is Facebook Live. And I have a quick question for you on that. What do you think it is that gets the engagement um, for being live? Is it the content? I mean, I've seen lots of content where a guy goes live from his office and I got to tell you, it's not as engaging as maybe what you guys did, which is set up some some properties to look at. Is there a specific thing that you can identify that we should hit if we're going to do a Facebook Live? 
Yeah. I mean, it, it does have to be engaging. Your energy has to be there. Um, I would say, you know, try to drive some ads to that live um, so that you have some viewers because if the, if you have viewers and your energy goes up right away, right, you know, people are there watching, even if it's like 10 um, or so, uh, set up for questions, have a takeaway. Um, if you go live in your group, you know, make sure you have a group that has units where you can have some takeaways or something for people to download, you know, make it just more exciting. Don't just hit the live button and like call it a go. Like planning is really important. What is the outcome? What do you want people to like feel or, um, what's the call to action post this live? Um, and then the other thing is promoted after it's over. We did a ton of promotion. We got most of our views after the live was over. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I've, you know, I have I represent a lot of creator clients, and you know, at a certain level, uh, their fame level, they can go live and have you know ten thousand people there. But for most of us. I think that lives require the same kind of preparation as a lot of our, our you know, business videos or, or podcasts uh, because the big issue is notice. You have to let people know when it's taking place. You have to beat them over the head with it. And then you have to do things like you, I think you mentioned, have a opt-in or some sort of freebie so that you encourage them to actually be there. I think once you are there, it is cool to have, you know, the, the, all the people watching what you're actually doing live. But one of the things that I've also found is I do a live a week, sometimes two, is um, is really interacting with the people that are there. I think that's, I think a lot of them, that's why they're there. Yeah, absolutely. People yeah. want you, you know, they're, they're there for you. They tuned in for a reason. So, you know, give them, give of yourself and, and it will, you know, reciprocate in the end. That's awesome. All right. Third hack, Anna. So, <laughs> Okay, so we did Facebook Live, yes. we did the meeting link, and I'm like, oh my goodness, my mind. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that is specific to local businesses and yeah. things that, that we have done. Um, and so, one of the things that um, we've been doing a lot with another client mm. is like a lot of follow up and, and just really um, via chats and via text message. So this is a jewelry client. So what we do is when someone is either on the site or does it like makes a purchase, we've been actually texting them, not bombarding them with like, you know, horrible texts, but like, how did you like the product? How are you enjoying it? You know, sometimes I'll leave messages, you know, if it's an engagement ring, how did the engagement go, you know, would you like to share some pictures with us? You can Mm -hmm. share them privately or we can share them to our Facebook really nurturing those clients. What we've noticed is some of those clients that have come in to buy fashion jewelry have returned within the month to buy engagement rings. Now, so they went from a $100 sale to $100 to $300 sale to a $30,000 sale all within COVID. And one of the things that we noticed when we started to implement the strategy with the jewelry company, um, we just went through numbers. And what they said to us was, if we continue this trend, I think they were $100,000 in the hole because of COVID, they will be able to make up all of their money in the next three months because their sales have been so phenomenal. Wow. And it's because of, it's just going, honestly, I think the biggest hack is go the extra mile. 
like, okay. and, and use all of the tools. Chat and text are phenomenal tools. Use them right. Have okay. people, the things that you could do before, you know, all those follow-ups, that concierge service, I feel like anyone who is looking at their business and saying, how do I become more of a concierge? Mm-hmm. Because that person who is going to buy, right, who's opening up their wallet is going to open it up massively for those that they feel are really taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you, I have a friend who owns a salon who um, she's been doing the same thing, just really calling her clients, really engaging with them, letting them know this is what we're doing to keep you safe if you come in. She told me the other day that she had a tip that was double what um, the cost was of, you know, the hair and dye or whatever. And she's been getting a lot of those because people that are, because they feel so taken care of, like, I care about you. And in turn, they're going to care in return. I think concierge services, and I think all three really lend themselves to a concierge type of model for local businesses are really, really working. Awesome. Awesome. One more thing before we go, and that is, do you see a space for snail mail with local businesses still, or, or is that just out? You, you know, know it was really or letters or things like that. Yeah, no, yeah. I would say like a year or two ago, it was really working well. Mm-hmm. I think now people are like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to touch anything. I don't want to um, touch mail, period, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's out. I think it I think it has a place. You know, people don't get as much mail, so it does work how effective it is. It's you know, uh yeah. I, I don't know. We yeah. do it. We definitely do it. We don't do it as much. We pulled back a lot because people just, they don't want mail. They don't want to touch it. No, no. Well, I have a, uh, actually what my real estate agent is, have been very successful just of late with snail mail. She mails out kind of a flyer and a deal of the week. And I think among some of the older crowd, maybe it works, but, but um, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of for the younger businesses for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, like I said, people don't get as much mail, so it gets noticed. Yeah. Um, but I would layer it with, you know, like some kind of geofencing or something that really supports that. So you can awesome. understand the effectiveness. Well, Anna, thank you so much for spending time with us. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun and I, I loved it. I love giving you the three hacks. That was super fun. Thanks so much. And for the audience out there, I hope you're getting some value out of today's talk. By the way, as a reminder, go to iancorzine.com to get all the answers that you need to your social media law questions. Please remember to subscribe to the Social Media Law Podcast with Ian Corzine. And if you could please rate and review this podcast on Apple Music, iTunes, uh, that way this podcast can skyrocket up the charts. All right, that's enough for today. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer, and I'll see you all next week.